I've wanted to do this for a couple weeks now. Good morning, Church on the Rock! Woo! Oh, so good to be back. Man, I missed you. I was tromping over hills thinking I'm praying for Katie as she spoke, pray for Kyle as he spoke, and just prayed for our family as we worship God. It was good. It was good. Uh, some people have saying, okay, like, what are some more stories? Can you tell us a few more stories that spill out? Okay, I'm going to tell you one that's very unspiritual, all right? So there was, uh, I've, I've heard that adventures are, are made from three different things, uh, something that's different, something that's dangerous, or something that's difficult. All three happen. Part of this path I, I walked over put me through farmer's fields, which you say, big deal, farmer's field. There's little sheepy babas going by. Uh, you know, they all sort of ran away from me. And, uh, and uh, there's one, like a little heart-pounding thing. I was in a cow pasture, and the whole herd was right there where the path was, but it was okay. I kind of stepped lightly around them. And uh, there's uh, one that didn't really like me that much, but uh, I, I got around them. And then I got to this one place where I, I got through the fence, and this guy greeted me. And uh, it was a field full of steers, male, male cows, and they were like, they, were, they all trotted over to me, and there's like a, this barbed wire fence all around me, so I couldn't hop the fence. And I didn't quite know. They're kind of curious. And so I just kept on going, going, okay, this is fine. This is, I'm good. I'm, I'm staying close to the barbed wire fence. And this guy comes over, and he is just like, he starts to snort at me, and he starts to like, like doing that thing to me. Like, I, you know, he's challenging me or something, and all the, all, the rather, all the other 20 bulls were just sort of looking to see. They were the cheering crowd. And so I said, there's no way I'm going to make it from here to the fence. I can hop over. I am dead meat here. And so, so I looked around for anything, and there was a telephone pole in by, by the edge of the, uh, of the, the field. So I, I, I bolted to the telephone pole. And he liked the running. That's probably bad. I'm not sure. I, as a Canadian, I know bears. I don't know, you know, steers. So I'm there at the telephone, and he, like, goes right up to the telephone pole. And so I've got this pole between, so I'm dancing. He's going this way. I'm going that way. And there's nobody around. So i got to figure this thing out. So finally, I'm just staying still. I know those who work with cattle going, oh, come on, Dave. you got to know this better, you know, and just knock them on the nose or something. I don't know. So I'm just like, I'm, <laughs> and he's sort of looking at me. And again, the other 19 are sort of looking back over. So it was a standoff. I sort of waited 10 minutes for him to do something. And then he just sort of backed off a little bit. And then I looked in my backpack. I had some cookies. So I don't know. I'm whipping the cookies over. At the, at the other steers, and they're going, and they're going over. They like cookies. I probably killed them. Again, those who work with cattle know I'm probably hurting them somehow. Scottish shortbread, what a way to go. Anyway, so I'm throwing these things. So they're munching over there. Then this, this mean guy just starts to, to back off. He backs off. I figure I got about a 100-yard dash to make it to the, to the fence. So I start getting away from the telephone pole. And you know, you know, the place of safety, the, the further away you get, I'm not going to be able to run back there. So as I get going, it was, it was like a movie. He looks up, like this, and he sees what I'm doing. I'm going for the fence. And so he starts to trot over to me. And then all the other bulls start coming too. So I'm just saying, I'm hoofing it as fast as I could. I hit the wooden fence, flopped over it, and he was in within three feet 
behind me. He probably just wanted to lick me or butt me. I don't know. Some, and could you show the next picture? So all the buddies sort of looked at, at him. There they are. That's what greeted me when I flopped over the fence. You can see where the mean guy is on, on the left there, yeah. So, yeah, so I almost got killed by a, a, a cow or a, a bull. Anyway, so, uh, yes, those are some of my, my stories. Tremendously difficult. Uh, I uh, walked, what, about 150K in eight days, a lot of it up and down hills, and uh, I should have probably trained a bit harder for that. <laughs> I probably should have. But uh, it was good. It was good. It was good. I'm going to pray that we can get into God's Word. And uh, receive from it and, and love his word and chew on his word again and again. Let's, uh, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for your word that's alive. So alive. And Father, even just in the reading of it, that you would bring life to our souls. Father, we just don't want to read it. We, we want to learn from it. We invite you to transform us from it. So I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been going through the book of Colossians, as you know. And uh, part of that is I want you just to experience what reading through a book of the Bible is like. And if you've never done that, it's not too late. You can start reading the book of Colossians. It's in the New Testament. It's, uh, you know, the great electric power company. It's, it's at the end of some of those letters. And, uh, and you can uh, really, um, you can catch up. There's only four chapters in it. And I hope you can read along with me. Week one, we found one of uh, Paul's daily prayers was, uh, he was praying for the people. I want that that God would help you know him better. That God would help you know him better. And as I walked on the pilgrimage, as as I'm going to tell you later on, I I wanted to stay connected with God through the whole thing. So I didn't know what to pray for. You know, what do you pray for, right? So you're tromping along. And uh, so I just, so, so, yeah, God. I pray that Wayne would help Wayne to know you better. Help Brian to know you better. I'd stay longer at some names, but yeah, Henry and Suzanne that know you better. And, and Teresa, that you would know, they, they would know you better. And it was starting to become this neat kind of mantra that I could say, that is a prayer from Colossians that I could pray again and again. And it was good. So that's what week number one, we found that, that, that uh, beginning prayer. Week number two, we found out that everything was made for Jesus' pleasure and his praise. Everything was made for his pleasure and his praise. And again, as I was walking through and seeing the mist coming in the rain and, and some of the, just the, the stopping long enough to look at the gorgeous uh, scenery that I was around, uh, there's one of uh, uh, new verses I just added to my memory pack, and it's uh, Psalm 65, 8. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Now, well, you can go through the whole earth, and if you just have eyes to see, there can be moments of awe at his wonders. The whole earth is filled. It's just like packed full of awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. It's like God is making this sunset, and he says, come on, come on. Sing me a song of joy. Come on. And like there's this dawn that many of us sleep through and don't see. But, but... Yeah, when you see it, you go, wow, allow yourself to stop and hear God's calling forth songs of joy. Week three, we uh, found out that uh, God, before the foundations of the earth, chose faith as the doorway to him. 
He chose faith. And so week number three, one of the things that we came out with on the other side is don't stop believing. You can have struggles. You can have doubts. You can go and, and ask God. You push against some of the things that are happening in your life. But please, in the midst of that, don't stop believing. I love both Katie and Kyle. I, Katie emphasized your past can't disqualify you from a future with God. And when Kyle spoke, I found out that Kyle is a plant guy. And that, that's just like really rocked my soul, Kyle. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I love it. But I love how you took us from saying, how do you get rooted? To overflowing, and that's what we need as a church. It is. Today we're going to look at a common pit, picture that we all kind of know. It's sort of out there in, uh, in the, the world of uh, a devil sort of sitting on one shoulder, the angel on the other shoulder, right? You, you've all seen that, right? This is something we've all, all known. It's like there's this devil going, you should do this. And you go, no. And the angel said, don't do it. But I like to do that. And there's this struggle. <coughs> and I love the, uh, the look on, on the guy's face as he's uh, going, we know the right thing to do, but it's all, always so difficult. There's this battle in our, our head and our heart. I know now there's some people that are very young. Actually, the book of Proverbs calls them the naive. The naive think that uh, just do what the devil says because that's the best. You just haven't learned, lived long enough to be able to say, wow, that was a bad mistake with life. <laughs> you know, okay, so just, just take it from those who have lived longer. You want to follow the good things. I just like no one who starts at, like getting in debt goes, wow, I'm really glad I got in debt. I just like that really helped solve all my, my problems. I just got... Uh, credit card debt upon credit card debt, and that was a good thing. No one starts off porn going, wow, this is a great thing for my life. And, and, and there are, are some people who have just been stuck in this for decades, and they go, wow, does any of them say, well, I'm really glad I'm, I really hooked into that. No, it's just horrible. Uh, uh, some people just living lives of lies. And, you know, there is to say no to evil is something, if you've lived long enough, you just know that you should stay away from it. So the paths look good, but no one really wants to go down there. So today's strategy is going to be a strategy on how to defeat the devil and how to actually listen better to the angel on the other side. I don't really think there's an angel. I think it's internal with the Holy Spirit. But anyway, it's, it's a fun picture. Uh, so let's start reading into uh, the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Colossians 3. Here we go. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, since you've been raised uh, to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. I talked to you about this before, that uh, if you are a believer, you're in Christ. Remember I had the Bible and put the sheet of paper in the Bible? So that you're in Christ. So where is Christ right now? He's... He's in heaven, right? So where are you right now? You're in heaven. You're, you're, your life is somehow hidden in heaven because you're in Christ. That's how much he knows. God believes you're going to be in heaven because your life is hidden in heaven. So, so since you've been raised to new life with Christ, and that's, again, because you're in Christ, uh, uh, it says set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven. Just think about them. Think about them. Not the things of earth. 
For you died to this life. You died to this life. Guess what? You're in Christ, so guess what? Christ died to this whole last past life. And it says, now, now your, your real life hidden with Christ. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you'll share in all his glory. So the idea is you've died, you've risen with him, you're a different person. So start thinking differently. So it, it all, the battle begins with your mind. You just start to think differently. Uh, <clears throat> this is a, a slight nod to baptism. In baptism, uh, if you've been baptized as an adult, you, you know what that's like. We tell you, you're going to be in the water and we're going to bury you. And all depends how, how your life is, how long we keep you down there. Some of you, we have to wash your way a little bit more, so we hold you down. No, not really. Anyway, and so you've died and you've been buried, but then you come back up alive. And so it's like everyone who's been baptized, you've experienced that. You're dead with Christ, now you're alive with Christ. And since that's just a little nod to that, I'm, I'm going to make a little nod to this too. If you are a believer, if you've asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, but you have not been baptized, uh, how can I say this sensitively? You need to. <laughs> you don't have to wait. You don't have to be ready. You just need to. You just need to. So what is the solution to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4? It says, basically, focus your attention on Jesus. Focus your attention on Jesus. Stop focusing your attention on, on everything else. And it's not like life, you know, there's all kinds of things that come in that we have to focus our attention on at times. But it's an interesting experience. How can you bring Christ in to every moment in your thought life? To set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. I was reading an uh, uh, autobiography, actually little uh, journal entries, of a, a, a missionary to the Philippines. His name was Frank uh, Laubach, and uh, he had planted churches. He planted a seminary. And then he wanted to take, uh, God really laid it on his heart as a missionary to go to these islands. And uh, it was far too dangerous for his wife and his child. So he decided, and they decided as a family, he was going to go to these islands for one year away from his family, to be alone from his family, just to be able to share the good news with these people. And so he says there's this tremendous loneliness that, that came over. You can imagine that. Um, and he said he, he allowed this loneliness not to drive him to despair, but to drive him to the one who is with him, Jesus. And so he just said, I'm going to have an experiment. <clears throat> he said, I'm going to try this experiment. Could I bring Jesus into every moment of every life, uh, of his whole life? He said he became his companion in every conversation. So he'd have conversations with people. But he imagined, he can picture Jesus beside him in that conversation. So there were moments where Jesus would like to, to tell him something to say to other people. And he would be, tried to become very aware of that. He, he, he said sometimes he'd go into a village and just worry for his life. But then he said, hold on, hold on. You are doing something here already, God. What are you doing? I want to know. And he would listen for God. He would take God as his constant compassion, uh, companion. He said, what would you want me to say? And he said, there's these, these moments. He said, it was really hard. He, did, he, he didn't try to say, oh, this is so easy. He said, it was really hard. And there's lots of moments he couldn't do that with. But he, he used his, the, the, the loneliness, the, the difficulties of life to just to say, okay, God, you're with me. What are you going to say? What do you want me to, to say through me? And so in that way, 
He set his mind on things above and not the things of the earth. And he said, there's a few things it did. He said, the filth of sin that came and invaded his brain became so gross to him because he just spent so much beautiful time with Jesus. He said, not all the time. In fact, there are many days this didn't happen. But there were days that he spent time with Jesus as he walked, as he lived. And he said, they were just over, he was overcome with joy. Just overcome with joy. So how do we fight this battle of the two shoulders? This is one tool I think we have. It's to keep on bringing all our thoughts to him. To set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. I, I know we need to, you know, we're going to get out of here. You're going to go and, and grab a meal. You've got things that, that uh, get your mind going. You know, how do you graduate? What job do you have? What do I need to do? Family worries. All that things. It's interesting in our, our days today, I, uh, I uh, read this uh, scholarly paper about um, where, you know, what gives worth, right? If you have fewer of whatever it is, then, then it has uh, a lot more worth. That's why gold is so expensive because there's less gold around. Uh, and if we discovered lots of gold, it would become less and less expensive. You know, the, the, it, at one time, knowledge was, was the thing. So whoever had the most education kind of won, right? Because, but now we have Google, so we have all kinds of knowledge and, and wrong knowledge. And, and like, so knowledge no longer becomes the, you know, the thing that everybody's looking for. And so this uh, scholarly article said, you know, what the, you know what's the, the thing that everybody's wanting right now? They want your attention. They want your attention because you all only have one life. And they want to sell things to you. They want to tell you what's most important. They want to tell you what's true. They, and and they, they, they said this in this article. You can change a life if you can grab their attention. I thought that was amazing. One of the, the article's uh, uh, writers said this, attention is a valuable resource. Because people only have so much of it. You only have so much attention. It is, it is a limited resource. And so this world right now is driving to get your attention. It's interesting. Uh, I went to a symposium on team mental health before the pandemic. And they said mental health was just doing a spiral down the toilet bowl. And, and at least this one researcher said it was related to get this. Says it was related to attention exhaustion. Attention exhaustion. Uh, we need to raise awareness about this issue and raise awareness about this issue and raise awareness about this issue. And did you know everything's falling apart and you should know about, you know the latest thing that's falling apart? And the more and more we consume this and all the issues that are being raised and everything that's falling apart, uh, they've got our attention. But at the end of the day, we are the shell of anxiety where we just want to bury our heads in the sand. Can, can I read you a verse that shows you what attention focused on God is like? One of my favorite ones, Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Isn't that a better thing? Isn't that just a better thing? It's like this competition. Who will get your attention? 
Well, well, who is God in competition with? Is it the evil one? Is it other religions? You know what God's in competition with? The Blue Jays slump. Man, if they could just get hitting now, couldn't they? Our pitching is good, but where is the hitting? Oh, man, don't get me started on the Maple Leafs trades and the people that want to get traded. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God, rescue the Toronto Maple Leafs. <clears throat> Fashion trends, neighbors' vacations. Wow, they always have better ones than me. I did, they do. None of these things are evil. <clears throat> None of the things are evil at all. The things that some of you need to pay attention to some things for your job, for your life, for your family. But it's interesting, there's an old English word called worth, worth. And, and it, gets trans, it got translated again and again. And it came out to this other word called worth-ship. Called worship. So whatever I give ultimate worth to, I worship. And so, I believe this is true, that whoever has my most attention has my worship. And that's mildly convicting for all of us, <laughs> including myself, right? What am I setting my mind on? To set my mind on things above, not on things of this earth. If we worship Jesus, peace will follow. Let me read it to you again just because it's so good. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven, not, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ is who is your life is revealed, the whole world will share in his glory. The next section of Colossians just sort of magnifies that a, a little bit more. It's not like a new idea. It's just, it sort of expands it. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 8, it says, So put to death, put to death sinful and earthly things lurking within you. Isn't that a great phrase? The evil that lurks within. Doesn't that sound like some kind of like a... Uh, uh, evil, you know, it's like horror movie. Da, da, the evil that lurks within you. What? Not the haunted house? No. Not in that weird doll? No. Not in the face? No. <clears throat> the evil that lurks within you. Kill it! Okay, let's be violent. This is a moment where you can be violent. It's not against a person, right? So kill it! Mercilessly. Rip its head off. Sorry. I'm okay. I'm okay. <clears throat> I figured some guys would like that. I'm going to just kill the thing, right? Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, which are the acts of sexual immorality, or impurity, which are the acts that lead up to sexual immorality, or lust, which is the thoughts that lead to the act, that, that's going to lead to sexual immorality, or the evil desires, that's where it starts. Like, wait, now you get evil desires, you get lust, and it just goes down. So just kill it all. Just like, you know, you get these, these evil desires, they're not fun, they're not something that are light, they're not, oh, 
they're not going to do anything. No, it's evil that lurks within. It's that weird thing that you see advertised. Right? Okay, just kidding. Okay, so I, I've got a plot for a horror film. All right? I'm not a horror film guy. I think they're, they're, I don't watch them, okay? If you like them, good. I'll pray for your deliverance, but it's good. So, <clears throat> okay. So at the fair, there were these things when I grew up called whack-a-mole, okay? There's a little thing there and little moles go up and you whack them, right? You just hit them. And if you bonk them, they, you get score so many points. But there's so many of them, you just don't know. And the, the, the speed keeps on going up. And if you hit, you miss one of the moles, then, then the game starts over again, right? So you just go boom, 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 boom. And it's like, it's like, it's like that's a great image of, you know, the spiritual life in some ways. Wouldn't this be a great horror film? You know, boom, and then you decide not to kill one of the moles. Da, da, and it starts to crawl out of its little hole. Wouldn't that be free? And towards you. Man, could make millions on this. And it tries to attach itself to you. Ah! No, kill it, kill it, kill it. Okay. As the first part of this verse says, so put to death. <laughs> Sinful and earthly things. We're asking you just to fight against evil lurking within your mind. Don't just say, oh, it'll pass. Oh, that was stupid. I shouldn't be thinking about that. No, just actually take it seriously. And know as a young man, I was given this one, one way to think. It's awesome. If you ever get a bad temptation, Dave, don't just try and brush it over. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, shake my head. That was stupid. Just no, take it to God. Capture every thought to God and take it to God and say, wow, that's evil. You died for that on the cross. I'm picturing you dying on the cross for that, Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you can wipe and fight. So every time I get a temptation to think somewhere, it just throws me to Jesus. Guess what happens? The temptations stop because they're going, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> Dave's just thinking more about Jesus because every time I tempt him, he goes over there and talks to Jesus about the thing. It's interesting. This passage gives a little nod to why, because God is against these things. He'll eventually come to judge the, the whole world. Read the book of Revelation. God is judge, and he's coming to judge evil. And so he's supposed to be our father, our love, our hope. And you don't do the things that make him angry. It's this love relationship that's supposed to happen. <clears throat> Now, this is a, an older story, but I, I, it, it just makes sense. Uh, when I was a young man, I did not like yogurt. Now, I don't like yogurt now, but <laughs> I violently did not like yogurt. I've, I've moved the boundaries forward to yogurt ice cream. But at that moment, I, take, I think it's a spoon of, of raw, you know, some kind of unflavored yogurt. I, don't, I thought it was horrible, horrible, horrible. Well, my sisters, my two older sisters found out about it, which just does a thing to your masculinity when your two older sisters can beat you up. Anyway, so when I was a little guy, they, they, they would get a spoon of yogurt and chase me around going, we're going to feed it to you. I'm just looking, no, no, it was like, it was like a horror movie. I still remember, distinctly remember sliding under my parents' bed. They won't find me. And I hear the door open and they got the spoon of yogurt. And they, they said, come here, Dave, we know you're under the bed. No, they grabbed my feet and were bringing me out. I stuck my fingers in the bed springs. And I remember that tug of war saying, no, not yogurt.
Now, as adults, my sister, who I love, and she loves me, uh, has often said, Dave, you know the things that we used to do to you? I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, I really did love you. Nice way to show it. We love God, right? We love him with all our heart. So don't do the things that hurts God. Why? Because he hates it. He's going to come and judge it. So just don't do it. Kill it. Kill it. Just kill it. This battle sounds exhausting, Dave. Does God give us any more tools except just don't? <laughs> wow, thanks. That's, that's not easy. He does in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. So then put on your new nature and, and be renewed as you learn to know your creator, become like him. It's such a beautiful picture. So if you have a hard time taking off the old nature, then just spend your, spend your time putting on the new nature. How do you do that? Just learn to know him. The more time you spend with him, learning to more him, know him, you're, you're, you're going to spend more time like him. It's, it's a moment-by-moment moment thing. Uh, it's interesting that the, uh, the Hebrews had uh, three times of prayer through the day. And I think this is why. I, I don't have anything written. This is my guess. But I know for myself, every morning, every single morning, this is me. I can go, I'm going to put on this ugly corduroy coat. Because corduroy is not in fashion. At least it shouldn't be. And I'm going to choose to bring and put on the old nature. And worry or fear. Have thoughts of revenge. Have other evil desires. Come the moment I wake. I can easily put that on. Or when I, my mind wants to go there and put that on. Hold on. No, I'm going to kill this thing. I'm taking this thing off. You know what? I've got a whole new nature I can put on. I could put on a Harris tweed, which makes me look smart. <laughs> Except it doesn't match the colors. Anyway, <laughs> I can choose every moment to set my mind on things above, not on things this, of this earth. And so put on your new nature. It's a thought. It's something that you need to do every morning. I believe the Hebrews did this and sent people to prayer in the morning so they can do that. In the afternoon so that they could be rem remembered to do that again and they could do that again. So to continue to put on your new nature. And by doing this, you learn to know your creator. I believe a good model for discipleship is simply this. It's connection to Christ that forms character in Christ and sends us on the missions of Christ. Just stay connected to Jesus. It's a good discipleship model. So how do we do this? How do we put on the new, uh, the new self? Let me suggest some ways. You know these. This is not brain surgery. Let me just remind you so that perhaps this week you can put on the new nature every morning, every noontime, and every evening. 
How about this? Number one, how about praise? How about singing? How about decide to sing? As I was tromping through the hills, what do I do with my brain? Because my brain can actually, you know, be putting on the old nature. As I'm walking for nine hours, I'm going, wow, I spent a lot of money to come here for nine hours. And as I'm going, I go, hold on, no, no, I need to stay connected with Jesus. And so I start to sing praises to him. I start just to sing praises. Old, old songs, because the, the words I can remember. But I just, that praise and worship helps me. I, again, I was, I, was, I was mentored in this when I was a young man. It's great. Okay, so Dave, okay, Pastor Dave was once lifeguard Dave. And so I am lifeguard Dave on the, on the thing. And I am a young man, all right? Let's not talk too much about it, but young man, all right? They've got, you know, new hormones they're just discovering, right? And you're paid to look at people in bathing suits, all right? Which is not good, right? Just not good on several levels. And so I'm up there saying, okay, God, guard my eyes. I just got to look for people's safety. And then somebody said, why don't you sing praises? And so I did. I became the singing lifeguard. I was up there in the stand saying, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. And not loud enough that people would know the words, but sometimes they say, hey, why does he sing all the time? setting my heart on things above, not on things of this earth. I'm setting my mind on things above, not on things of this earth. I'm just, I'm setting my mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. I became the singing lifeguard. <laughs> and so as I tromped along the hills of Scotland, I sang old songs, new songs. I made up songs. I just set my mind on things above. What other things? Not only through praise, but through prayer. As I think I already told you this, right? I could go along and say, Lord, help so-and-so know you better. It's an easy prayer. Easy help so-and-so know you better. And sometimes I stop and made it deeper and, and wider because and, I know what, what some of you are going through. And God, really help them with this problem. Help, but most of all, just help them to know you. And you know what? As I walked and walked for hours upon hours, the praise and the prayer... You know what? It really helped me keep my mind on things above, not on things of this earth. And then to open up God's daily word of God. It was just good. So when I started uh, my, my day, I would, I would read through some psalms. Now I would carry some of those with me through the day. I'd forget them sometime about halfway, so I'd get out some of my verses again and just come back to them. Why, 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 why did I do this? Because I wanted to try an experiment. Because real life is harder, isn't it? It's just hard. People that you see, conversations. And so I, I thought in the pilgrimage it would be easier to set my mind on things above, not on things of this earth. And it was good. It was good. I discovered that sometimes I just longed to share my faith with someone. God, give me something. I, I chose a pilgrimage that was pretty void of people. <laughs> I said, man, I just want to serve you. Because there's something about serving you. And when I got back, I go, wow, I get to give another sermon. I get to pray with more people. I get to serve you because when I serve Jesus, guess what happens? My mind is thinking about, oh, that person, this person. I can send them an encouragement. And, and I can help them. I can be praying for them. All of a sudden, you, you jump into service. And all of a sudden, guess what? It helps you set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. It's a good thing. I mean, as as we, we close off today, my question at first was, okay, how do you, how do you fight this battle, right? Devil and the angel, right? 
There's lots of ways to do it, but I believe one way is to do the battle. I'm going to kill that thought that comes up immediately. It's dead, violently blow it away. And I'm going to not just do that, but I'm going to fill my mind with praise, with prayer, with Scripture. I'm going to do this again and again. Um, And I want us all, all of us who are believers, to be able to attempt to walk in that one more step. Why? I want you to be at peace. I want you to know him. This is the best thing in the world. I'm going to ask our, our worship team to come up. I was going to play a song for you all, but uh, I didn't get the song back. So I think what, what's, what happened when the service is over, I'll play the song. But let me read to you the, the song lyrics. It goes like this. Old, old song that I grew up with, uh, Twilight Paris. <laughs> yeah, okay, I got one nod of, uh, okay, here we go. And she sings this, when I look into your eyes, I see the love that died for me. When I look into your eyes, I see the hope that I will be a faithful child. Following close behind, following ever blinded to the things that should not move me. I'm saying to my soul, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. When I look into your eyes, I feel the grief when I have sinned. When I look into your eyes, I find delight when I have been a faithful child. So I say to my soul, fix your eyes on Jesus. I'm going to ask when uh, the service is done and and we're milling around and saying hi to each other. I'm going to ask Ryan if, if we could play this song. You're welcome to go up and get your kids. But if you want to sit down and listen to it a little bit, you're welcome to. Because that's my prayer for us this week. For Church on the Rock and for those of you who are at home. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Heavenly Father, this is a battle world we're in. And it won't be until we get to the new, the, the heaven. And when you come again and bring the new heaven and new earth, that uh, everything will be made right. So until that day, Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you, Lord. Fix our eyes on you. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen.